All right, hello everyone. How's it going? Hey, hey. Uh, my name's Jonathan. Great to be here with you guys. Um, this is actually the first time that me and Philip here have been to Creation Fest in a non-musical capacity. We've been a few years uh, playing with our band Rivers and Robots, but yeah, we're doing workshops this time, so it's going to be more speaking vocalizing rather than singing. Um, but I might sing some of the presentation. You never know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, it's great to be here with you guys. We're going to be talking today about this, expressing faith through art. So I'll give you a little intro first of uh, who I am and what I'm doing. Uh, that's me playing piano. Uh, basically, my full-time job is music at this point, but I've had a background of doing a lot of different things. So uh, grew up in a little small church. It's not a very cool one. There's like 30 people there. Most of them are grandmas. Um, I lead worship on piano with a 13-year-old on drums. Yes, the grandma's representing. <laughs> Great to have you. Um, and then I started pursuing a career in animation. Uh, my dream job was to try and work at Pixar and make animated films. And until I watched a documentary, actually, about the making of Pixar films, and they interviewed this guy who just makes clouds in Pixar films, and that's his whole job at Pixar. And I was like, I might study all these years trying to learn animation and then end up just like being the guy that does somebody's eyebrow or something, and like that doesn't feel very fulfilling. So I switched over to graphic design, tried to do some graphic design work, uh, worked full-time as a designer for five years um, with a Christian organization. Then I went freelance with design, started to do more music work, and slowly transitioned into doing music full-time. So at this point, I make music with my band called Rivers and Robots. I also make music under my own name, Jonathan Ogden, and it's a difficult one to describe. I guess I'd call it like indie worship or electronic indie Christian worship music. <laughs> Some kind of mishmash of many genres, but it's opened up opportunities to really travel and take worship into places that maybe it wouldn't normally go. So um, I very quickly realized when I was writing songs that these weren't really songs that are kind of Sunday morning congregational songs, but they're actually songs that maybe people connect with on a Tuesday when they're driving in the car or um, able, enabled us to play in more places like this, which was a club venue in Seattle, I think. Um, and, you know, we're able to go in and actually sing songs about Jesus in these places that don't usually have a worship service going on. So that's always been a lot of fun. Um, Here's an example of some design work that I do. So I love to work in collage, which is just sticking stuff together, essentially. Um, but I love that kind of artistic representation of taking one thing from another place and kind of stitching it all together. And uh, these collages were for a blog post that I wrote called, What Are You Looking At? And it was all about what we give our attention to and our eyes to, and just wanted to find a kind of quirky way of representing that visually. So. Um, I also do a lot of album art, so this is a cover that I did for my band, Rivers and Robots, our album, The Eternal Sun, and I guess doing music and design, there's been a lot of crossover there, so I've been able to do design work for other artists, other musicians, and uh, create that kind of stuff. I also do video work, um, it's kind of hard to show it on here, so that's just a screenshot of YouTube, but uh, I make a lot of short films, me and Philip over here with the camera, uh, in fact he's making one right now. This is creativity happening before our eyes. Um, we have a YouTube channel called Magnify Studio, and we create videos that are all about art and faith coming together. So that's kind of what I'm talking about today, and uh, just a little brief intro of why I'm here talking about that. Um, so yeah, I wanted to mention this new venture that we have. It's called Magnify Studio. The whole purpose of this, it comes from Psalm 34.3, which should be coming up there. Nope. No, that's not it. Never mind. Um, that says what we do. So we're a multidisciplinary creative studio providing training and resources for Christian artists to make beautiful things for the kingdom. I think the next one is the psalm. Here it comes. There it is. Okay. Uh, this is the psalm that we're named from. So Psalm 34.3 says, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. And so everything that we create, whether it's music, design work, YouTube videos, all this content we're putting out. The purpose of it is for magnifying the Lord and like lifting his name up. And it's so easy, especially in today's culture, to like promote ourselves and our own names and our, all of that stuff and try and build our own platform. But this verse is our reminder that whatever we do creatively, the purpose is to lift up 
who Jesus is and magnify him. And what we also love about this verse is that sense of together. It's like, magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. And we just don't want to be artists that are going out on our own path and trying to do our own thing and become a little island over here and leave everyone behind. But we want to share the things that we're learning, the mistakes we're making. And the more we've done this, the more we meet other creative people around. And we just want to like encourage them in their journey, give some real practical help as well through workshops and training and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're about. And uh, out of curiosity, who here would consider themselves creative in some way? Okay, that's a lot. Hopefully by the end, that will be everyone, because I think everyone's creative, but we'll get to that. Um, so yes, that's a little intro. Let's get back to the topic. So we're talking about expressing faith through art. So I think right now we're in a very interesting time in church history, and I really believe that God is restoring creative expression to the church in a way that is quite new and quite exciting. Um, in the past, there have been times where if you wanted to see the greatest art in the world, you would go to a church. You look at the Sistine Chapel and, you know, the works of incredible artists in the past. Like, they were making this stuff for the glory of God, and the church was like the place all of this was on display, and it was used in a beautiful way. We've also had times, um, actually, there's a little excerpt I'd like to read here from uh, a magazine called Pitchfork Magazine. So they're a mainstream review all kinds of music, and they're usually not very keen on Christian music at all. They don't give it very good ratings, but um, they reviewed an album by an artist called Sufjan Stevens, and they had this very interesting paragraph that I just thought was a fascinating kind of mainstream perspective on Christian art. They said, relatively speaking, only recently have religion and high art not been commonly joined at the hip. Religion has always served as an inspiration and a benefactor of art, a fact which has made it all the more amusing Oh, it was talking about the movie, um, The Passion, which came out this time and all the criticism that it was getting. So this makes it all the more amusing when people criticize The Passion purely because of its religious content. They may as well pass over, among other things, the Laocoon statue, the Sistine Chapel, Bach's St. Matthias Passion, and practically every Dostoevsky or Joyce novel. And it was just interesting to see that a mainstream artist reviewing magazine was talking about Christian art in this way. And like, you can't just discount art because it's Christian. That there's actually some of the best pieces of art in the world have been created that way. Um, there's also been moments in church history where we've pendulum swung the other way and gone, okay, let's get all the art out of the church. Like, this is distracting. It's become idolatry. It's something that's getting in the way of worshiping Jesus. And we see some buildings that are basically big, block, big boxes with not much art or beauty in there at all. And I think that comes from a good heart and a good place of wanting to keep the focus on Jesus, but maybe isn't the best expression of it. But I think right now we have come to an interesting point in church history where culturally art is exploding all around the world through the internet, through the things that we have online. Like content creation is such a huge thing right now. Like the way that messages are communicated through the world is through social media, it's through our phones, it's through videos that are created online, and music is exploding. It's become a lot more accessible. You don't need 20,000 pounds in a studio now. You can use one microphone in your bedroom, and you can make an album. And because of that, all of this art is exploding around the world. And I think God is using this time in history to actually raise up creative artists in the church to like carry out his purposes. Um, which is an exciting thing. But I do wonder if we still have a little bit of, maybe a limited view of how art can be used in the church. For me growing up, it looked a lot like, if you're a musician, you can play in the worship team. If you're a graphic designer, you can make the church flyer. If you do videos, you can make the conference promo. And it was very much focused on Sunday morning expressions, um, you know, creating those kind of things. But I actually think there's a lot more to art and creativity than that. Um, oh. I was supposed to be putting these pictures up, but you can just enjoy them. There's, there's one. There's some trees. I don't know what that is. And somebody painting things. OK. So I'm going to be touching on three main topics today. The first one is art as worship. The second one is going to be art as evangelism. And the third one is going to be art as a devotional practice. Um, I'm not going to take too long speaking because I actually want you guys to try some of this. 
Um, we'll get to that later, but first one I'm going to touch on is art as worship. So we can actually create art for the glory of God. The things that we create can actually create places of beauty that help people engage in the presence of God. And one of my favorite examples of this in the Bible is uh, two fellas. They're called Oholiab and Bezalel, which are not the most popular names these days. I don't know if we have any Bezalels in the room. No, we usually don't. You never know. Let's try. Um, but these guys are great. So art, where did that go? Art can create a place of beauty where people meet with God. And this was basically the role of these two guys. So we find them in Exodus 31. Uh, it says this, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, and to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of, oh no, what's that? Ahasemach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. The tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the mercy seat and all that's in it, all the furnishings of the tent, the table and all its utensils, basically lists many, many things that they make. Um, yeah, it just lists all the rest of the things. But what I love about these guys, um, a lot of commentators would actually say that this is the first mention in Scripture of somebody being filled with the Spirit of God. And interestingly, they're filled for the purpose of creating the things that God told them to create, and it was to create a place that people were going to meet with God and actually like, be in His presence. And it's beautiful when you read all the descriptions of it. Um, you know, it's not just making a nice building. It's like the, the first the fashionings of everything, all the clothing that was worn, like the smells that were going on. So many senses like being engaged in this place where people were to come and worship. And all of these things were given to skilled craftsmen who created this place where people would meet with God. And I think in everything we do, whether it's creative or otherwise, we can do all of it for the glory of God. And especially as artists, we have so many opportunities to do it for our own glory and to build ourselves up, and we get very personally attached to the things that we create and say, you know, I'm putting my work out there. If it gets criticized, I feel terrible because all my self-worth is attached to this. But it was never supposed to be for our glory, but for his glory that we create. Um, you may have heard of a composer, Johann Sebastian Bach, and he used to sign his compositions with this phrase, soli deo gloria. You can kind of see that in the bottom right. Um, this means a Latin phrase meaning to the glory of God alone. And everything that he would compose, he would write it with that as this reminder that this is literally for God's glory alone. Not for my own, not to build my own name, but for his. Uh, the same thing with Handel, who wrote the Messiah, you know, the Hallelujah Chorus. Um, they would always sign off their pieces with this. And they understood that even in their art, even in everything they created, it was not for self-glorification, it was not for building up their pride, it was for the sake of glorifying God. And I think we need this more right now. I think we're in an era of a lot of self-gratification and, you know, you only have to look at social media. Like, what, what other point in history have humans spent all this time making a page about themselves? <laughs> it's just like, here's a whole website about me with all my photos and my opinions. And um, I just think it's a very strange thing that we all, like, see that as normal, that we're building so many things about ourselves. But I don't want to go off on that, but I just, I think we need a bit more Soli Deo Gloria in the way that we create things these days and recognizing that what we do is for his glory. So that's a little bit of art as worship. Now we're going to talk about art as evangelism. One of my favorite examples of people in the Bible that are, I guess talk about the mark of an evangelist to me are people called heralds. They look a bit like this. Um, I just look at guys like that and I think life goals. Like... I want to have a trumpet and a little feather hat and like this. Yeah, anyway. The, uh, the herald is an interesting guy. So his role was to take the message of the king of the day uh, and go into cities nearby, go to the people in the surrounding areas and announce the king's message very loudly and very clearly. And when we look at actually the word for the gospel, evangelion, um, it's about this pronunciation of good news and good news to the world. And this is the same word that 
kings would use when a new king was put in place. So in ancient Israel, a new king's established and the good news or the gospel of the fact that there's a new king was to go out and they would send heralds or messengers to go out and proclaim there's a new king like to all the neighboring villages. And so when we see that in the New Testament, I think that's a, a really interesting example that they use that same language of like, now there's a new king established, Jesus, and our role is to essentially go and proclaim that as loudly as we can <laughs> to as many people as we can and be like, this is the good news. Like, there's a new king. He's died for you. You know, the whole gospel story. And a herald was a type of messenger, usually somebody with a loud voice and usually someone who, you know, was traveling, going around and using something quite loud, maybe a trumpet, to essentially get people's attention and use it for this method of communication. And I just think it's a great picture of the church. I think the role of the church right now is to be a herald for the king, for his kingdom. Uh, we proclaim it boldly, we proclaim it clearly. And Paul actually uses this same word uh, in Acts 20, verse 25, I think it is. That's the one. When he says he went about proclaiming the kingdom, um, it's actually the same word that they would use for heralding or like boldly declaring. And do you need to be an artist to be an evangelist or a herald? No, of course not. You can be anybody. Like anyone can go out and do that. I think it's the role of all of us in the church. Um, why I think art is an important way of doing this or a good way of doing it is because art is a powerful language. I'm sure somebody, all of us here probably, have connected with something creative in a way that's spoken to us in a deep way. Maybe it's a movie, maybe it's a song you've heard that's like really resonated a theme that you haven't thought about before. Because there's something about art that connects not just a message, but our hearts and emotions and all of this creative stuff in the things that we make. And so it can actually transcend borders of language and all of this kind of stuff because art kind of creates this new vehicle for a message to go on. Um, I'll share an example of this later too, but I also believe that culture is shaped by its creators. I kind of mentioned this already with social media, but you can see silly examples, right? Like, I don't know, a dance that goes viral on TikTok, like, can be one person in their bedroom, makes this random little video, and suddenly everyone around the world knows what this thing is. Or I've seen it with songs, like 30-year-old songs suddenly get back in the charts and go to number one because one person made a TikTok out of it and that became a trend. Um, and, you know, we see this all the time on social media and platforms, like a very simple idea, very simple message put out through a creative way online and it just explodes and becomes part of our culture. And I really believe that creators and artists are some of the main people who are pushing culture forward right now and, and shaping the way people think, the way people act, um, all kinds of aspects. And so that's why I think it's important that we use art in this way. Uh, I'm going to skip past this one. That's Moses. Uh, <laughs> I've got too many examples in here. So I want to share a personal testimony. This was in a little, what do you call it, open mic night in Japan. So with Philip over here, we um, did a little missions trip to Japan about two years ago. And we spent some time traveling around all different churches, different bars, all these places, playing music, sharing the gospel. And for those who don't know, Japan is one of the most unreached places, which is unusual because it's such a modern country and, you know, they have the internet and all of that. But there's so many people who don't even know the name Jesus, like don't actually know who Jesus is. Um, they have things like Christmas cards with a nativity on it, and they don't know what the nativity is. They've just seen it in a movie, and they thought, let's make this, because I've seen Americans do it. And it's a very, very unreached people group, and, and often quite hard-hearted people towards the gospel, in all honesty. But through music and through art and through the things that we were doing over there, it gave us open doors into places that we probably wouldn't have been able to get if we just kind of knocked on and was like, can we come and talk about Jesus to you guys? But this was an open mic night, not a Christian guy that runs it, and he just allows bands to come into this little bar in Tokyo and play music. And we showed up, we said, hey, we're a Christian band, these are our songs, can we come and share some? And he said, yeah, come in. And we were able to play, you get three songs max in this place, so we played all three songs and there were all these like, slightly drunk Japanese people like bopping along, probably <laughs> didn't quite realize what the lyrics were about, but we were just singing about Jesus in this bar. Anyway, the guy loves it. He comes up to us afterwards. He's like, you need to do more songs. I only give three usually, but like do some more. So we ended up playing about six songs in here. Philip played some of his as well. Um, 
giving out CDs to people all the time. They're coming up and like, where can I get this music? And because of that vehicle of music, it opened a door to actually share with Jesus about people that wouldn't have otherwise happened. So um, here's another example. This was in a prison in the Philippines. This is actually one of the most high security prisons in the Philippines. And a friend of ours who does ministry there was able to invite us in to come and play music. We led some worship. We sang some of our songs. Um, a lot of them are inspired by the Bible. So we sang this song called White as Snow, which is taken from Psalm 51 and is like a kind of repentance psalm and um, taken, takes the verse in Isaiah that though your sins were like scarlet, they'll be white as wool. So again, we're singing the gospel over these guys um, in this very high security prison with all kinds of cages around and it's quite intense. But it was a beautiful time and we actually saw about 150 of these prisoners respond to the gospel that day, came forward and received Jesus and it was just a beautiful moment. So that's why I think that art, the music, all of these things, they can give us an open door and they can actually be a wonderful way to proclaim the gospel. Now, the third one I want to talk about is art as a devotional practice. Um, this is what we're going to try today if we get time, which I think we will. So devotional practice, let me just define that for a second. There are all kinds of spiritual disciplines that we have that actually help us to connect with who God is. Things like prayer, worship, studying the Bible. Um, these things don't earn us God's love. They don't make God love us more because we've done our Bible study really well, but they kind of put us in a place where we're able to receive from God and speak to Him and hear from Him and, and grow more in our knowledge of Him. Like with any relationship, it, you grow by getting to spend time with somebody, right? And so I love all those things. When I'm spending time with God, that's usually what it looks like. I've got my Bible out. I'm singing worship songs. I'm, you know, just praying, letting him speak to me and, and praying about all kinds of things in my life. But sometimes I use art and creative things as a way of spending time with God. Uh, for me, that's often piano. I like to just sit at my piano and play. Even if it's instrumental, the act of playing and the kind of creating of music, I feel really connected with God in that. Um, I was reading a little devotional uh, on the old Bible app a couple of days ago, and there was this really cool story from a lady called Mary Jo Pierce. She says, several years ago, I went through one of the busiest seasons of my life. It was one filled with much unrest, and it was a season where there were more questions than answers, and when those few answers could only be found in listening prayer. This is when God invited me into my kitchen and to start breaking bread. <laughs> Imagine that. In a time when I didn't have enough time, I was introduced to making challah bread, a process that takes four to five hours from beginning to end. But there, as I went about my business of baking bread, my kitchen eventually transformed into my second prayer room. Donning an apron and gathering a few simple ingredients, I began to experience the joy of breaking bread. Baking bread. My kitchen aid soon became my guitar as I worshipped him and prayed for others through the mixing and kneading of brushing and baking this beautiful braided wonder. As I worked with my hands, I discovered a piece that anchored me for the rest of the week. I needed to pause all my work and pursue something creative in my kitchen to fully experience the shalom presence of Jesus. And you can find that piece too. It's as easy as pausing and invite, inviting the king into what you're doing. Maybe you paint or you do woodwork. Maybe you play an instrument. You take beautiful photos or you garden. The first mention of peace in the Bible teaches us to look beyond pursuing the feeling of peace and that pursuit would always leave us wanting and wondering and waiting. Instead, we're introduced to the person of peace, and we need to invite him into our homes and our lives. I love the idea that we invite the person of peace into the actual thing that we're doing. So this lady found God and found this peace with him in the act of baking bread and doing something kind of creative that way. And I don't know about you guys, but I find this too in even very childlike things like painting, coloring, doing these very simple creative works. I can actually find God in those places because there's something about the simple act of creativity that feels connected to like my design as a human being. And this is why I mentioned that I would hope all of you see yourself as creative because I actually think part of what being human is, is to be creative. Like we're made in the image of God. God is a creator. And I think he loves it when we create, even if it's, you know, we're not singing Jesus all the time or, you know, painting a picture of, I don't know, the 12 disciples, <laughs> but like just the act of creating, I think brings God joy when we do that. Um, I like to repurpose a quote from the movie Chariots of Fire. It talks about the runner, Eric Little, and in the movie he says, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. And I like to 
spin that and put it about creativity and say that God made us creative and when we create, we can feel his pleasure because it's part of our design as human beings. And there are obviously the verses that talk about whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. There's verses that ask us to pray without ceasing. And I believe part of this act of like prayer and communion with God can be found in creativity. I love this verse as well from David um, in Psalm 45. He says, my heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the king and my tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. And he just, this is one of my favorite Psalms, but he just goes off on this like description of Jesus and like, he's like this and he's like this. And I love that he starts with this recognition of where he is and what he's doing. He's like, I'm just going to recite this kind of poetry and let my tongue be like a pen of someone that's writing poetry. And I'm just going to describe who God is in this psalm and uh, uses this beautiful song that ends up becoming part of scripture. And I think David's a great example. You know, there he is. I'm not sure if that's what he looks like, but maybe he's out there with his sheep playing his little lyre thing. And uh, I love that he's like worshiping the Lord in his work. He's there in the middle of all the stuff that he has to be doing. He's making music. He's making melodies. He's worshiping his Savior through all of the work that he's had to do out in the field. And that's what I believe it looks like to find God in that devotional place and use creativity and use music, use art in this way that connects us with him. And, you know, I believe that's part of what was happening here, formed his character into the person that God actually wanted him to be, uh, being king later on. And so there's another great quote I want to kind of wrap up with before we get practical. And it's from the Brothers Karamazov novel. Uh, And it says this. It says, love all of God's creation, the whole and every grain of sand in it. Love every leaf, every ray of God's light. Love the animals, love the plants, love everything. If you love everything, you'll perceive the divine mystery in things. And once you perceive it, you'll begin to comprehend it better every day. And sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but we're very fast-paced people nowadays. We're like running around through life and there's something about slowing down and taking notice of the beauty around us, even around here, like take 10 minutes and go for a walk and see this place that we're in. And like the beauty of God's creation around us is like, he's speaking to us through it all the time and we can connect with him and meet with him in these things. And uh, often we're just not taking notice. We're just not paying attention to what's actually created around us. And um, I believe this discipline of paying attention and meeting him there is actually like connecting with who he is. And so, that was art as a devotional practice. We're going to try two little exercises for the next, let's say, 20 minutes. And then we're going to have some time at the end to feedback. But uh, we're going to do some very childlike, fun little things today that you probably think, why am I doing this? I'm a grown adult. But it's going to be good, I think. So uh, we have two tables here at the front. Um, one over here has a book. It's like an old children's book I found on my shelf. And we've ripped a bunch of pages out of it, and we're going to do something that's called blackout poetry, which some of you guys may have seen. So we take a page of a book, um, you take a pen, or you, know, you can just take a picture of it, use whatever you want, and you're going to only use the words on the page, create a new poem out of what you can find on the page. So here's an example of one that somebody's done, literally blacked out every other word to create a new poem. Um, but I love this exercise because you have to really pay attention and really dig for something that's more than just the story. It's not, don't just like read the novel and be like, oh, that's what happened. But like, you're looking at the individual words thinking, oh, okay, can I find a new thing in this thing that's already written? Um, I was pulling these pages out before and some of them were sort of slightly scary, like stories from a kid's book. <laughs> so I'm not sure how we're going to get something good out of it. But I thought that last time I did this and I literally passed out some pages from a book at the last workshop and it wasn't a Christian book, it was just random stories and I got people to share at the end and this lady was like, the father speaks to me about his love and the spirit is calling me through the storms. And I was like, how did you get that from that? (laughs) Like that wasn't in there, I'm sure. But uh, that's what we're gonna do over this side. On this side we have a whole bunch of things but we're gonna be doing some collage work. So for those who haven't seen collage, this is the kind of thing, it's the kind of stuff that I like to design. Um, you cut things out and you stick them together is the basic description of collage. But again, it's that idea of taking pre-made things and searching for it and thinking, how can I use this in a new way? How can I fix this stuff together? So we have like, I don't know, 20 magazines and books, colored paper, scissors, 
glue sticks, all of that fun stuff. Um, so we're going to play, we'll take 20 minutes, going to pick some instrumental music on. And you can pick either of these. You can do both. Um, or maybe you even just want to find some space and like allow the music to like be there as you spend some time with God. But the purpose of this is it's something very tactile, very childlike, very simple. But we're trying to do this as a way of actually connecting with God. And what I would like to challenge you with, because you may think, how is this connecting with God in any way? Um, start by thinking about who God is. One of my favorite questions in the Holy Scripture is when Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says, who do you say that I am? And I think it's Peter then like gives this whole declaration of like, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And I like to imagine Jesus asking me that question, like, who do you say that I am? If, I, if you had to describe Jesus as a person, what words would you use for that? And start to think about that question first, start to think about the aspects of who God is that most appeal to you, it might be his kindness, his faithfulness, his goodness. Um, just spend some time thinking about that first, and then we'll go into this kind of creative exercise and see if you can find a way to connect with that or communicate that theme through a creative piece. That might seem very abstract, but I'm hoping this is going to work. So it is 2.35 right now. We'll go to, let's say, just after quarter two, maybe. We'll check in after that, and we'll have some guys share from that experience. So feel free to find space in the room. We've got a lot of space around here. Um, pages are over this side if you want to do the poetry. Random things and scissors are over here if you want to do collage. We will see you guys. 15 to 20 minutes, and we'll see how it goes. All right, thank you. Okay, we've, we've located some pens over here. I know people are looking for them. <laughs> there are a few free ones on people's stalls, maybe. <laughs> or if anyone has one, feel free to share.
All right, we have like 10 minutes left, so feel free to keep going if you're going. But has anyone got anything they want to share? Anything they've made? Maybe the poem thing? <laughs> Doesn't have to be amazing. You know, it's just fun hearing what guys are working on. Stick a hand up if anyone wants to share anything. I've got one over here. Yes, yes. Okay, I will run around with the mic and let's figure this out. <laughs> whether they'll, you know, I don't know whether it'll be any good, to touch that most natural thing, the first time. A wise woman would see the spring looking for him. I was sent here, shall I show you? Through shadows opening another door, reverent voice in church, reading words written, it would take a lifetime. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> do you have anything you want to like share about what you wrote, or how did you find the experience? <laughs> Actually, I found it very uh, interesting because I am pretty old, <laughs> and I have been reading a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, it opens doors when you read the Bible, it, and you are shown a doorway to the next stage. So. Amazing. So good. Thank you for sharing. Love that. Uh, we had two over here, I think. Yes. Do you want to use the mic? I've got, um, I say, your kingdom come. There ain't nothing like your power and care. So we're spreading our hands high. We say we see a light. You say you never said no truer thing than that. And that was all from that book, yeah? Man. I promise this isn't a Christian book. I don't know how we've managed this. Is <laughs> there anything you want to share about it? Or how you found it? How did you find, you find the experience? Yeah, it was fun. I just sort of picked words out. Um, that's a real truth, I think, that like, um, sometimes it can be really easy for us to avoid that light and it's so obvious for us to see it. But sometimes when we just say that and we just say, like, like we can see that light, God says, like, yeah, like, you see the truth. Like, you've never said anything truer than that. And I think that's amazing. Amazing. Thank you, man. Uh, there's one more here. With it. Yeah. All right. Do you want to use the mic? Okay. Um, an electric guitar, a computer, supplied for life, were carved to take messages and carry feelings, help to the world. Uh, yeah, so I'm an artist. So that's kind of, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So kind of personal stuff in there as well. It's very, very cool. Awesome. Anyone else want to share? Yes, we've got a few with it. Oh, there's loads now. All right, let's go over here. <laughs> Do you use the mic? Yeah, fine, thank you. It is the gift in miraculous powers that lead to miracles. His extraordinary powers were present perfectly. The others were watching him, full of hope, comfort, and true happiness. Wow. <laughs> Anything you want to share about it as well? No? Okay. It says it all. There we go. Speaks for itself. So good. Thank you. One over here? Yep. You happy using the mic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's just more of a poetry. Um, Father of super miracles, my assurance and joy, rising from the ashes to my heart I employ. Beautiful mystery to gaze at your face, seen for your power, God of all history. You're my Abba, the dream that I see, God up in heaven for you I decree. God, you intended all this, all for me. How far and how precious your hand carries me. Love that, thank you. So that was written like as a poem in itself, yeah? Do you do poetry a lot? Is that, yeah, amazing. So, so good. Thank you for sharing. Love that. All right, anyone else want to share? Any collages? Might not be finished yet, but it can be poems as well, yeah. Da, da, da. Getting a workout in today. This is great. Do you want to use the mic? Yeah, thank you. His grace, deeper than the laws of nature. Yes, yes, go on, go on. Proceed to tell of his adventure. No longer overawed or scared. It's this I'm most mightily in want of. That's amazing, thank you. 
Anything you want to share about it as well, though? Just want to let it speak. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Love that. Thank you, man. So cool. Any others over here? Wait, what time is it? Yeah, we've got five minutes. Anyone want to share anything else? I think the collages take a bit more time, so they may still be a work in progress. But. Any others? Yeah? Oh, nice. Okay. If everyone could see this far, we got a collage. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, that's awesome, man. So, do you want to share anything about how it came together? Uh, so there's like a mirror-looking thing of two people looking in, and then on the other side, I just took some like heavenly-looking stuff and thought it would be quite cool. Love that. All right. If people want to get a closer look, it's over here. <laughs> I wish there was a way we could like get them up there, but we'll figure out the technology another time. So, so cool. Thank you, guys. Anyone else want to share before we finish? Yes? Yes. <laughs> Every night, they used to say, I never believed. Every night now, I take him along. Because if you want him yourself, you can easily find somebody that does. I was, so when I, before I like looked at the sheet, I was like sort of talking to God about what he wanted me to think about and um, he was saying to think about my calling and yeah, I guess for me, I think this is just such a massive part of my calling, like it's going from you know, someone that wasn't a Christian to, to bring God into a place and showing him how much I love, showing people how much I love God because even when we don't think there will be, there's always someone that actually might, might want that too. So, there we go. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. I think we'll uh, probably wrap up there. Feel free to, like, we have a bit of time, so if you're still in the middle of things, feel free to keep doing that. And uh, we'll be hanging out a little bit too if you want to come say hi and, like, ask questions or anything. And then uh, we're actually going to the youth venue, the pipeline. Um, Philip's going to be sharing more of his story and things over there and doing a bit of Q&A as well. So I think that's 3.30. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys for your time. Thank you to everyone that shared. And, um, yeah, have a great day. Thanks for coming.